Hey, this is Kieran, Coach's Corner Chats, and joining me is Lindsay Clapper. Lindsay, where are you at and what are you up to? Gosh, well, I am currently in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, which is smack dab in the middle of the state of Wisconsin. I'm at the University of, of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, and I've been there now, which is crazy to think, for six years as a head coach. And then I was there um, two years as an assistant. So I've been almost 10 years of my life up in Stevens Point. So it's uh, we're pretty far north. It's cold. Um, anybody out there in the Midwest, it's uh fun time in the winter. <laughs> but um, I'm enjoying being the head volleyball coach at a Division three institution. When you look back at those like first two years, what are some of the things you remember then and how much they've impacted where you're at now? As an assistant? Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like each, every coach out there can understand this. Each year you get better and better as a coach. And so I remember... Um, I was 24 at the time, um, being a graduate assistant here at UW-Stevens Point. Actually, my background, I went into teaching, um, and I was a high school PE teacher for two years and had a great experience, but it wasn't something that was fulfilling me in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to make a decision. Um, this job, uh, graduate assistant at UWSP, uh, was open in July, and school was literally going to start in three weeks and I had to make a decision to make a career change and it was an extremely difficult decision. I got a pay cut dramatically going to be a GA at the college level, but I knew in my heart at age 24, I wanted to explore this whole journey. So the beginning years of my college coaching career, I was pretty quiet just because I think I was nervous and not confident enough in my knowledge and ability. Um, but it's funny, each year I think I got a little bit better and I give a ton of credit to my boss and my mentor at the time that kept encouraging me to get out of my shell and giving me a voice and giving me confidence that I do know. I do have a lot of knowledge at age 24, um, just back from my playing days. So, And then sitting here today, I'm 32 years old. It's like, wow, I, I've grown so much in this short amount of time and I'm so grateful for that and the people that have supported me. But it's crazy. It's like with anything in life, right? You get better doing it each, each year. And honestly, I had to put myself in the ringer and you learn best by doing. So I'm just grateful for the experiences that have propelled me to this moment in my career right now. You mentioned your playing days. When did Lindsay start, I guess, bump set and spiking or <laughs> bump pass, whatever the wording is, yeah. um, and get into the game of volleyball. Were we playing as a youth? Like, when did this whole love of volleyball come about? Yeah, so I grew up in the 90s, and basketball was a big thing then. It, volleyball, I think, was well-known, but not as well-known as it is now. So I remember, um, you know, I think my parents did a great job of, hey, let's try all of these sports. And basketball was – there. I remember going to a basketball camp in fifth grade, and there was – I feel like hundreds of girls. And then I wanted to try volleyball. And I remember in the nineties, there were maybe 20 girls at volleyball camp. Um, so I developed throughout my time, starting in fifth grade for the love of the sport. And I think I started just because my friends were doing it. I think at the time, you know, as a kid, you're like, Oh, I want to go where my friends go. And I want to do what my friends do. Um, but over time I really developed the love for it. And I, I played club volleyball. I played all through middle school. I think when my love really grew for it that I knew I wanted to play in college was was crazy to think in seventh grade. I my family moved, which was a tough um, decision and tough for my brother and I, because I think at that point I was in seventh grade. I developed a lot of friendships um, at my former school. But 
Um, looking back, it was the best decision for our family to move. And our team, my seventh grade volleyball team made it to state and we got fourth in state, um, which we're, we were so excited about. And so I think just seeing that success at an early age really developed the fuel for my love for volleyball and then continued through high school. I had a great high school career. And then I went on to play college volleyball at Quincy University, which is a really small division two institution in Quincy, Illinois, and um, learned a lot. I think it was some of the hardest days of my life as a college athlete, but I've made some of the best friends, you know, that I still talk to today. And it just, you have to look back on all of the journey that led you up to that moment. And it's just, it's just crazy to see someone's journey. And then even now how volleyball is right now and how fast it's growing compared to when in the nineties, there was mainly little population of women playing, playing volleyball at the time. So it's, it's crazy. The growth that I've seen. When you look back at the, the parental impact on that, allowing you to play volleyball, what has it been like for them? Not only to watch you grow as a player, but now see you taking the reins of a, of a college program. Yeah, it's they have been right alongside me this entire time, and I'm extremely grateful for that. So my background, I actually um, grew up in a family of coaches. So my dad was a high school football coach. He kind of went into the college scene when I was maybe in grade school. Um, so I literally my entire life, I grew up with a coach as my dad. And so I literally got to see him day in and day out, one, work his butt off. I mean, there were times he would get home really late at night. Um, but also I got to see the relationships that he built with his players. Like I remember he had so many of his players come help us move, you know, or just come for dinner or, you know, have a meeting at the house with his players about life stuff, not even about X's and O's about football. So for me, as a young kid, I got to see what coaching was all about at a young age. Um, and now that I'm, the roles are reversed. So my dad's retired now. He hung up the coaching hat and I literally probably call him almost every day. And I think I've always had a good relationship with my dad, but I think we've really bonded and gotten closer with now. I'm the head coach now. He's the wise retired head coach now. And so he's been able to give me a ton of feedback, um, lessons, advice. And it's it's so cool. Like we're not even talking about X's and O's because my dad, I love my dad, but he doesn't know all of the X's and O's of volleyball. Um, it's more about culture and it's more about how to handle this situation or how to get the best out of this player. And so I've really enjoyed that time with my dad over the phone of, hey, what would you do in this situation? Or I, I just need some support or I need some help. Um, and they try and come to as many games as possible. They're about four hours southwest of Stevens Point, but they try to come to almost everything. And it's just been outstanding to have that support. You talked about the atomic Quincy being mm -hmm. really impactful. And what were some of the things, your takeaways that you look back on that, that may have been positive or maybe not so positive, but have yeah. really made an impact that's helped you in the position you're at now? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I went through two head coaches. So I think for any athlete out there, they can understand that that's extremely difficult. I was recruited by one. And after my sophomore season, um, sadly, our head coach got let go. And I had a new coach for my last two seasons. And it was, you know, I'm not going to lie, it was pretty rocky. I mean, we we went through some tough times of just understanding where our program wanted to go. We weren't very successful my first two years. I think we won 14 games total. 
Um, and so we needed to make a change, especially in the, the women in my class. So I think from that experience, I learned a lot about leadership. Um, and I also learned a lot about culture and what it takes not only from a coach to develop a culture, but from players and what they need to do to develop a culture. I think it's everybody's role. It's not just the head coach's role. And so my my teammates and I, who I literally are my best friends to this day, um, we really took that program under our wing and sat down and had hard conversations with our teammates about, hey, we need to work harder or we can't be complaining in the locker room when it's six in the morning and we're exhausted. Um, so we really had to mature quickly and step up in ways where we didn't want to continue to be seven and 23 or whatever our record was. And so by, by my junior and senior year, we've turned the program around. And I think I carry that into my coaching. Um, I've really learned kind of my coaching philosophy has been leave your legacy or be where your feet are and, and always try and make, make the place where you are better when you leave it. And so I've carried that honestly with my team today of, you know, I ask our seniors, like the moment you step in as a freshman to the moment you leave our program, how do you want to make us better? And we, throughout their four-year career, we have those conversations about, obviously we want to be successful. Every coach wants to win, but it's a lot more than that. How are you leading our group of women or how are you leading by example, or how are you making our culture better? And so it's been cool to see my worlds collide and bringing in my, my past experience at Quincy, both positive and negatively, and now training our women to really think about how they want to improve this program, not only by your wins and losses, but by the person that you are. As you were playing at Quincy and even as you were growing up, being around a dad that coached, was coaching something that was always on your mind or because you talked about kind of having that I had to make a decision between teaching yeah. and coaching, but was that something that you always kind of thought maybe I'd be good at that? Yeah, I think so. You know, I just, I saw the passion my dad had for coaching young men day in and day out. And I wanted to do the same for young women. And I think it really hit me when I wanted to be a coach is after my Quincy um, playing days. Cause I both learned what not to do and what to do in a situation. And I, I, from that experience, I was not ready to hang up the volleyball hat. I think I had a lot more volleyball left in me. Obviously, it's a different side of things when you're on the sideline coaching rather than playing. But um, throughout my whole life, I wanted to coach. But for the longest time, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach because that's what my parents both did were teachers and kind of really honed in on the high school setting. But again, I loved my experience as a teacher. I just really wanted to see and I wanted to be around more like-minded people of like when I was a teacher in a PE setting I struggled to get a high school student to do one push-up <laughs> and that really um, bothered me you know because I, I wanted to be around people who were self-motivated driven and moving in the same direction and so I wanted to be around more more athletes um, so hence I really changed gears into the college setting and um, it's crazy to think at age 27, I, I was a head coach. I was not ready to be a head coach at 27, but the path that led me to be in this position, I'm extremely grateful for. And I don't see myself doing anything else, which is really cool. I mean, some days I'm like, gosh, what am I doing? It's really, really hard. Why am I coaching? But then other days, you know, after season ended, I'm like, gosh, let's do this again. You know, so I think coaches can understand that <laughs> roller coaster of emotions where it's like you want to pull your hair out, but other days you you just love what you do every day. <laughs> 
what was that experience of transitioning from I've been player, we were having a tough conversation at Quincy, where we rallied the program and took it and improved it to now you're the one running the show, you're like your assistant, you're on the sidelines versus playing. How does that dynamic change in terms of how you deal with scenarios? Yeah, that's hard. You know, I think day in and day out, it's it's hard to have tough conversations. I think anybody could agree with that, even as a head coach. Um, but I think what I've learned, the more I put myself in those situations and to be brave and to really understand that your players deserve honesty and deserve feedback um, helps me, you know, work through those hard conversations. And again, not all conversations are difficult, but um, I think I really lean on my staff in moments of, hey, is this the right way to do go about things? Or I, I'll call it a mentor or honestly, I'll call my dad. Um, to walk me through those situations. But I, I think I've just reminded myself, I got to put myself in the ringer. And that's the only way I'm going to grow and get better. If I keep avoiding situations just to feel comfortable and, you know, to be stagnant, I'm never going to grow in in areas that are tougher for me. So it, it's, it's an ever-changing process. It's always difficult. Not each year getting better makes it easier by any means, but I'm just motivated and reminded by my staff, by my parents, by my mentors that, you know, you're the leader. People are looking to you. You've got to make the decisions and trusting your gut, I think, is something that as a head coach, you really have to lean on um, and, and really leaning on your intuition. But but I also think having support on the back end, too, and making sure I'm a big believer in loyalty on our staff. And I honestly, that's my number one quality I look for when I hire an assistant is Sure, we're going to disagree. You know, I want you to challenge my thought process. I want you to challenge my ideas, but out in the open in front of our team, you're going to have my back on all the decisions. And so I've been very lucky in my short head coaching career to have some extremely talented and loyal assistants. And that matters. If you don't have that, then you're second guessing everything. You're not happy. You're not a cohesive unit. So I think, you know, really lean in on your people. I think that helps in those difficult conversations. How does it go about that you go from GA and then two, three years later, you are the head coach? How did that whole kind of, how did that yeah. work out? Crazy. It's it's so funny how life works out, right? So in 2015 through 2017, I was the graduate assistant at Stevens Point. I learned under um, one of my mentors today, Abby Sutherland, who's currently the head women's volleyball coach at Green Bay. Uh, she taught me a lot and she put me through all avenues of how to develop a division three program. So I was doing everything and I give a ton of credit to her because she prepared me, you know, to be a head coach someday. You know, I was learning how to recruit, you know, alumni support, donor support, um, games management, community service, you know, X's and O's of volleyball, practice planning, all the things. And so after that stint is done, that's a two-year program up at Stevens Point being a GA I went down to Millican University, which is a small division three school in Decatur, Illinois, to be their full time assistant. And again, learn from another outstanding mentor. We went to the second round of the NCAA tournament, won the conference. Outstanding experience um, with Deb Kick, who just retired actually there. And then I get a phone call a year later that my former boss at Stevens Point, Abby, is moving on to be the head coach at Green Bay. And she, I remember this conversation on the phone. She's like, Lindsay, you need to go back up there and be the head coach at Stevens Point. And at that time, like I mentioned, I was 27 years old, only been college coaching for three years. 
I was, I told her there is no way I'm, I'm ready to be a head coach. And she's like, I really want you to think about it. I really believe you're ready. And so then I think hours later, the athletic director um, at Stevens Point, Brad Duckworth, gave me a call. And it's crazy. I knew him and built a relationship with him when I was a graduate assistant. So again, it just goes back to, you know, leaving that legacy, being where your feet are, doing a really good job when I was a graduate assistant. And for him to call me and say, we want you <laughs> to be to be the head coach at Stevens Point for our women. I was so humbled, grateful, honored, but scared to death. And I didn't want to upset him, but I almost turned it away because I just thought I wasn't ready for something like that. And honestly, you know, I moved out of Stevens Point. So I closed that book. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm never going back to Stevens Point. I did my time. I had a great experience. I learned a ton. I'm moving forward. And literally a year later, I moved back up to Stevens Point. I think my parents were like, what the heck? What are we doing here? We're driving right back up northern Wisconsin. So um, and, and again, I'm here today. So it's just really funny. And I'm really grateful for how life worked out for me. I met my husband moving back up here in Stevens Point. So it's just, I, I trusted the process. And I honestly, I look back to 2015, I, I almost did not quit my teaching job. Um, and if I wouldn't have done that, I would have not been in this position today. So it's again, leaving your legacy and being where your feet are and understanding that every journey in life could help you out in some way in your future. So it's, I'm still in awe of the whole situation. I'm just extremely humbled by it. And I'm so grateful I made that choice, even though it was really hard. <laughs> so you mentioned 27, when you look back, what was that when you took over, what, what was maybe your first steps that you were like, okay, I want to make my mark. You talk about legacy. Yeah. How do I start a legacy in my first opportunity as a head coach? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, credit to Abby. She left me in a really great spot. You know, our culture wasn't broken. We were extremely successful. Our program went to the final four just back in 2013 and 2014. So by no means was I walking into a situation where it was in shambles. So the way I did it, good or bad, I I decided to not make a ton of changes that first year just because, you know, the women really respected Abby and what she did. And thankfully, most of those women knew me because I was their assistant coach. So I didn't want to shake a ton of feathers and come in at age 27 thinking I knew everything and I'm just going to flip the script because the way it was going was working um, and the way Abby built it was working. So I slowly over time implemented things that were more me. And I think that's something I had to learn too in my 20s as a head coach is sure, Abby was really successful, but I had to be myself, you know, and, and Abby and I are similar in a lot of ways, but yet we're different in a lot of ways. So I think I had that hard lesson of, you know what, I'm going to implement the things that I want to implement, you know, not just continue her path. Like, how am I going to be myself and lead this program the way I believe we need to run it? So it took me, you know, a couple of years to really hone into that lesson and be myself. but. I think that like we talked about before, over time, you just get more comfortable and you get better each year and you you feel like you have more of a voice. And I, I think during that time, honestly, from what I remember, I brought in each one of my players and we had probably an hour conversation about, all right, what are some things that we're doing really well? And then what are some things that you'd like to change? And so I, I try and do that even now of giving my players a voice. It's not just my way or the highway. It's hey, this is a collective unit. It's our program. It's not my program. And so we had a lot of conversations about 
you know, what are some things you want to see change? You know, what are some things that we did really well in the past? And so I think I really leaned on, especially our captains and our leaders on that team when I was 27 and helped me out. You know, what are some things that you see holes in? What are some things, like I said, that, that we need to improve? So I was grateful they were able to be honest with me for that, those conversations. You mentioned earlier how important it is to have a quality staff, one that's loyal. How did you get that first staff when you took over at the beginning? Yeah, so there was already assistant in place there, um, luckily. So she was running the show until I was able to move back up there. And so I was, I had her for just one season. Um, and then I was able to, after my first season, um, find a new graduate assistant. So that was kind of at the time, the makeup of our staff is it was a head coach and then a graduate assistant position. So, so I looked at that graduate assistant as my full-time assistant coach, even though you're a graduate, you're full-time, <laughs> you're not making a lot of money, you're full-time. And so I, I really spent a lot of time searching for that next graduate assistant. And honestly, the next one I hired was one of the best ones I've had. And uh, with her, we advanced to the Sweet 16, my um, second year as a head coach. Um, and again, it, it matters the people who are around you and the people that make you feel like, yeah, you're doing something good here. I'm going to push you in this direction, but I'm going to be loyal to you on the back end. So um, so she was with us for two years, and now I've been able to hire, gosh, three three different graduate assistants now, which is crazy to think. So I've, I've had a lot of turnover in my staff, but... Um, it's been cool to like, okay, hey, this is how it's done. I'm going to prep you to be a head coach someday. Let's let's get you in all acclimated in all these settings of a Division three program and go find a great job and go make some more money. So <laughs> when you look back at some of those successful years, what was it about those teams that kind of took them over the edge to get wins versus yeah. struggling? Yeah, I like like you mentioned today, like just watching that Texas Nebraska game last night, I think you just saw it in Texas. They were extremely competitive. Not that Nebraska wasn't, but there was just a fire um, that they had. And, and I think as I reflect on my journey, our best teams were able to communicate well together, were able to hold each other accountable. Those teams, I think, were able to have tough conversations among each other. And I think those teams that were really successful for us were a player-led culture. And what I mean by that is, Sure. Collectively, as a head coach, we're making decisions, we're we're giving ideas on how to better our, our culture. But when a coach isn't there, who's running the show? You know, I'm not there 24 seven. And so, you know, I think our staff and I have done a really good job since I've been here of really honestly passing the torch, so to speak, to our leaders and our players that, hey, when a coach isn't around, who is putting the hammer down when they need to or who is supporting, who is uplifting each other? And I think that's that's where we found success is a player is able to, hey, I'm going to I'm going to be there for you. Let's go talk or, hey, I need you to work harder in this drill. Um, and they were able to be really honest with each other. And I think, too, like we talked about Texas, just having such a competitive edge, like we're not overthinking. We're having fun. We love each other. Uh, we trust each other but we're going to compete and we're going to play really hard instead of being scared or maybe playing not to lose. Um, I think those were the teams where we found a ton of success. You mentioned as well, meeting your husband when you moved back to Stevens yeah. point, what has he been in terms of part of the coaching experience and the equation of your success and you continually crushing it? 
<laughs> gosh, I tell him all the time. He is has the most important job. <laughs> He's the one that's uplifting me. Um, honestly, I think all coaches' spouses should get the MVP award. Honestly, I mean, it's it's hard for them. I saw it growing up with my mom and dad. My mom did everything, um, and she didn't complain, you know, because she knew this was making my dad happy. And so I'm just grateful that I, one, was able to see that experience growing up, two, that I found somebody that just gets what I do. Um, and, and, and him and I have had a ton of hard conversations about, hey, this is, this is a job that I love. Again, I can't predict the future, but I really would like you to support me in this. And he has been outstanding. He's almost at every match. He is our biggest fan. He loves our women. And he gives me advice too, you know, and we have those conversations. He played college football, so he gets it. And um, I just love being able to share that or this journey with him, but I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't him. I mean, he lifts me up in the darkest of moments and is the first one to give me a hug in, in the top moments. So I'm, I'm grateful because those, those are special people in this world. Not everybody can be a spouse to a coach. Um, and they're very, very slim in the entire world. Like I said, so I just, um, it's just cool that I moved back up here and met him and He's been all in on what I do and he's running the show and I just am, am grateful for that. I know that's something as a as a coach, all head coaches need to have that or or it will not work. Their marriage won't work. <clears throat> One of the other things you just mentioned, kind of like just what the future entails. Is there part of Lindsay that has aspiration? We just talked about like, you know, division one national championship. Yeah. Like, is there part of Lindsay that wants to be able to like stretch her wings a little bit and maybe take the challenge of a D2 or a D1, like what are some kind of maybe goals that you have yeah. career-wise? Yeah, I thought about that. You know, I think um, as I get older and older, and I think now that I, I don't know if the lack of a better word, settling and, and, and having a husband and we want a family someday, I'm, I'm extremely happy at this division three level, just because I think you get a little bit more job security. I think it's more a holistic view on, Sure, you have to win games and be successful, and we've got standards as head coaches here, but also it's, okay, let's focus on your student-athlete's academic experience, and how are you helping the community? It's that holistic approach. It's not just, hey, I've got to win or you're out, um, and I just love coaching at this level because our women have such a balance. You know, it is not volleyball 24-7. It is they're joining their clubs and organizations. They're they have a job, you know, they, they have a social life. They are really focusing on their internships, and their academic life. So I love where I'm at. I love this level. Sure. I've thought about maybe exploring the D2 world, kind of where I came from as a collegiate player, but um, I, I really believe I'm in a spot right now where my, my goal is obviously to continue building an outstanding culture and fulfilling it with women that want to be a part of something like that. But I want to win a national championship. And I think everybody would say that, but our program has never won one before. And we're honestly been knocking on that door for four years now. And um, that that's obviously, I think every coach's goal. And um, I think that right there keeps me grounded and knowing that at this institution at Stevens Point, we are in reach of something like that. And I don't think every program can say that. So I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I, I love my work-life balance at this level. And, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I want to grow a family someday. And I think that's the best way to, to do it, in my opinion. And um, obviously, we'll see where the future holds, I guess, right? <laughs> 
you mentioned making progress and getting right there to the to the ultimate like prize that people kind of look at as national championships. What does that entail in terms of your off season? What does a volleyball off season look like in terms of prepping and like what are the things are you trying to lay in place for next year, maybe to make that next step? Yeah, yeah, we, um, you know, the Division Three rules are a little different than, say, the D2, D1 rules. Um, we're allowed 10 leadership days at, at the Division Three level in the spring. So um, I am really looking at kind of a weakness of our program this past year was leadership. And so that's something that I think I need to do a better job of as a head coach of teaching my women how to communicate with one another. I think we've, you've probably had multiple conversations with the coaches about okay, these women need to learn how to how to talk to each other, not just talk through a screen, right? So um, we're, we're going to dive into some leadership um, conversations. I've really leaned on the book, Jeff Jansen's um, leadership manual. I'm looking into his book, How to Hold People Accountable, kind of work workbook. Um, we've invested in a sports psychologist in our program, which has been game changer for us. She's out on the East Coast, so she's on Zoom for us. But I'm honestly talking to her all the time on ways we can grow mentally. And so another piece of the pie, I think we're going to work on this off season is courage, confidence, how to bounce back from mistakes a little quicker. So I'm really thinking about, and that's just kind of my philosophy is culture stuff. I'm, I'm, I love X's and O's, but I probably spend more of my time on culture things, leadership things. How are we growing as people? How are we growing as teammates? So I'm, that's what I'm working on right now. Obviously, recruiting is a big piece of the pie and making sure you're not only bringing in talent, but the right type of people. Um, so that that's a huge piece. And then uh, we'll be able to start a 24-date non-traditional season come March where we're back in the gym with our team practicing three to four times a week. Um, and that's more, for us at least, it's more slower pace. We're going to really work on developing individuals in their position um, we're going to do a lot of film work, a lot of IQ session work. Um, we're a team. Well, in the fall, it's a, you got to get team ready. You know, we, we got a two week preseason and then we play. So I enjoy the spring. We can really slow down and really develop the individual player more so in the off season. One of the things that I've enjoyed hearing is how much you are able to kind of point at not I want to say weaknesses but mm -hmm. recognizing like hey our leaders and then come up with problems like even at our problem solutions mm -hmm. and even at Quincy you recognize like something's just not working here ladies let we got to figure something out and you kind of rallied the troops have you always been a kind of reflective type person and have you always been a problem solver I think so. I, yeah, I think so. I don't know if that's just because I was the firstborn child, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I took my brother under under my wing and helped him out with things. But yeah, I, I, I haven't journaled in a while, but I used to be a big journaler. And I just, I think I've learned being a head coach, you have to continue to evolve. I think if you don't evolve, and just because it worked this year doesn't mean it's going to work in the in the other years. And so that's how I lead and how I want to continue to improve not only in my career, but in my personal life. I think that's just something that everybody, in my opinion, should want to grow and continue to improve their life. So, um, and I too, like I talked about, I, I reflect through conversations with my staff. I reflect through conversations with my players and I really involve them in the decision-making process. Obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we have the final call or I have the final call as the head coach, but I just, they're living through the program, my players. So I want to really be able to hone in on what they're thinking 
you know, and then obviously I'll reflect and I'll, I'll jot down in, in individual meetings what, what their ideas are. And I'll use some, I won't use some. It's just a way to, I'm going to gather all these thoughts and I'm going to make the best decision for our program. And again, leaning on my staff too, as well. You talked about some of the pros of D3. Mm-hmm. What are, what's kind of the selling points? What are the great things about Stevens Point that you love, not just for you as a coach, but for your student athletes? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Wisconsin, but it is, I grew up in Illinois. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So Stevens Point is a smaller community. And what I love about it is they really rally, the community really rallies Pointer Athletics. Like we get outstanding crowds at our matches and they're full of our parents. They're full of student athletes on campus, but they're also full of community members. And, you know, I went to Target one day and Hey, are you the head women's volleyball coach? You know, that was just so cool to me to, to know that people are watching, people are supporting, um, people are donating, you know, people are coming to our camps. Like these little girls are coming to our camps and just loving our players. And then they're coming to watch them play and want their autographs and all the things. So I love that not only for myself, but for our players to feel one, you're supported by us and our staff Two, you're supported by a huge community. Um, so you don't feel you're alone or you don't feel like you're just a number. Um, and then I just love the, the student athlete camaraderie we have. Our, our administration is outstanding. I am extremely lucky to have the, the bosses I have. Um, they believe in me every day. They support me in any way they can. And then our coaches in other sports, um, they're my friends. You know, We'll talk for hours uh, just about coaching or, hey, what are you doing here? Or, hey, can I borrow a book here or something? And so just that relationships I have in the hallway for myself um, is crucial. I mean, you know, you want that in a job and you want to feel you're, you're valued, you're supported, you want to feel some friendships and you want to feel like you're a part of this thing. It's not just, I'm moving along this way in my program. It's when one team succeeds, we're all, we're all going to succeed at this level. So I, I love that um, for ourselves, for myself and our players. What has it been? We just talked about just the, even before we hopped on here about just the immense growth that now has just taken off for volleyball. And you talked about early when you were in the nineties and you went to a camp and you're like, there's only 20 of us here um, to now having girls that are excited to see your players at Stevens point and then are coming to games and seeing it. And now we see like, how exciting has it been for you to kind of go from one end of the spectrum and hopefully be part of this momentum that continues to grow. Yeah, I, I am so excited to be a part of it. It is unbelievable, especially as you reflect back on this year, we talked about what did it, what was it? 92,000 people in that football arena watching Nebraska volleyball. I mean, and I think that was the women, they broke the women's sport attendance record across the whole world. And that was volleyball. And, and I, you see the attendance records and the views um, on TV that this sport is growing immensely. I even talked to a high school athlete the other day. She said they had over 100 girls try out for volleyball. And they had to have six teams from freshman to, to senior in high school, which is crazy. I mean, I feel for the girls that aren't making that team. I'm sure there's good enough players that would make another team. It's just the numbers and the masses of of young girls that are playing volleyball. I mean, I'll go recruiting 
and there's going to be hundreds of courts and there's thousands of volleyball players playing. And it's so cool too. I love this sport because you could be really tall and succeed, but you can be smaller and shorter and you can succeed and you need everybody and the piece of the puzzle to be successful. You can't have just one stud. You know, you need a, you need a passer, you need a setter, you need a hitter, you need all the pieces of the pie to be successful. And so I think people are catching on to that. I think um, the people are catching on to how fun it is. You can see, I don't know if you've watched volleyball, but you can see the girls that are on the bench that aren't playing or having the time of their life. They're a little obnoxious, but they're doing these goofy cheers. And I've seen like them rowing the boat or, you know, flopping on the ground. And so I think young girls are seeing it's fun. I think young girls are seeing how fast it is. And I think, again, they're, they're realizing I can be short, I can be tall, I can be a different body type and be successful in our sport. And so, I, honestly, I think it's just getting started. I mean, I'm biased, but I'm just, I'm so excited and humbled to be a part of something like this. And I'm just, I'm just so pumped to see where this goes. The one thing that popped in my head just from my experience on the soccer side is when I see a thousand kids playing and just whatever, I start thinking, man, that's a lot of parents. What <laughs> what is the what is the parent dynamic in volleyball, especially now that everyone's like now it's starting to grow and like everybody wants to start playing more? What's that what's the dynamic for you? Like maybe with your players particularly, but just even recruiting and just what you see kind of in the app the environment now. Yeah, I think um, we've been so fortunate since I've been here at Stevens Point to have outstanding par parent support. I mean, we we traveled to Hope College in Holland, Michigan for the NCAA tournament, and I felt like we had a home game and how loud our parents and our family was in the stands. So it's been really cool, not only for myself, but our women to see their parents travel all over the country to watch their daughter play. But it's been cool just having those conversations, whether it's been at a club tournament or in, a, in my office at a recruit visit, parents are so intrigued by it. You know, and I think this next generation, more and more parents will say, I, I played volleyball. Like for me, my mom didn't play volleyball. I mean, volleyball was a thing, but it wasn't a big thing. So it's been cool to start to see that now these young girls' parents have played volleyball. You know, so I think you're going to start to develop more and more parents that are understanding the knowledge and the rules of the game. Um, but right now, they're in that phase of parents are really intrigued. They want to learn, learn a little bit more about the game. Um, but I think they're just excited as ever, too. And just seeing, you know, their women or their daughters loving their experience as a volleyball player, just because, again, it's fun and all the things we talked about. So um, but regarding our parents, we're, we are so fortunate. They are they're all in They're It's so funny. One year we I think we had a game at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I got a phone call from a bar in Stevens Point and we're about ready to play. I mean, I'm getting ready. I'm getting my mind ready. We're we're doing our scout. And he goes, the owner of this bar goes, hey, I, I have the bar open for your families. They're not here yet. And it was like an early 8 a.m. call of, hey, volleyball parents, I'm opening it for the volleyball parents. <laughs> so it's been so fun to see that. Um you know, it's, it's a cool thing for the parents. Like they're building friendships. They're traveling all over the country with these families and they're having some fun with it too. So <laughs> um, that, that's been, that's been pretty cool to see. 
talked about journaling in the past. What does Lindsay do to get away from the game of volleyball? Or does Lindsay, is there a way to turn the brain off and say, all right, no volleyball for now. I'm going to like maybe spend time with your husband. What, what things does Lindsay do to kind of maybe just get away and be Lindsay? Yeah. Great question. I think every head coach struggles with that one day out. Um, I'm really trying to work on it. Um, I love to travel. Um, that is something that uh, my husband and I share that with. We just actually went to Hawaii this summer, had a great experience. Um, I try and exercise again, good days and bad days. I think that really helps me though, when I'm honing in and taking care of my health. Um, I love to spend time with family when I can. Um, and my friends when I can. And um, right now we're, we're watching a ton of Christmas movies and getting into the spirit with my husband and I. And um, we love to go on walks. We love to hike when the weather's nice. It's beautiful up here in the fall in central Wisconsin. The, the colors of the leaves are absolutely beautiful. So I try and get outside when we can, even though we're an indoor sport. But it's an ongoing process. Um, you know, it's something I think you have to be very mindful of and and really understand that if I'm going to be good at my job, I've got to make sure I'm okay. You know, and that's where, again, I really lean on my supportive husband and my family that, hey, some days are going to be hard. Some days are going to be really challenging, but reminding myself every day I have to take care of myself. But it's a, it's a daily process. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> Lindsay, this chat has been awesome, and that is a perfect way to shut this thing down. This is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats with Lindsay Clapper, and I'm out. Thank you. Peace. Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and I absolutely love chatting with coaches about their coaching journey. What's even better is I love that you took the time to listen to this episode and hope you enjoyed it. What I'd like to ask is take the time to join me on social media, especially on Twitter and Instagram at Coaches Let's Chat. That's where we can connect and continue to build this community. Be a part of this awesome, awesome experience that I know you'll enjoy. Let's go. Peace.